One evening as I walked along a street very near Red Square in Moscow, I noticed someone sitting, leaning against the building. I can still see the winter scene. St. Basil's Church to the side and the Russian government buildings behind the wall straight ahead, and everything was nearly empty. The whole area had an eerie quietness. Snow was gently falling that night like the flakes in a little crystal ornament. I stopped briefly and looked into the empty eyes of a woman whose partially open trench coat revealed a child. She also had an empty stare. It haunts me to this day that I could not, or did not, try to help ease her life. Life Journeys is presented to you to take a look at the human dilemma, and in the scenes before us, we're called to comprehend the glory of God and His love. We're challenged to discover the heart and the ways of God in a world that is unfair, unsafe, and misunderstood. It is in the harshest scenes of life that can often find the keys to an infinite God. I'm Terry Hardica, thanking you for joining us today. One of the seven churches that receive a last message from Jesus as the tribulation is about to unfold finds these words in chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know your works, and tribulation, and poverty, but you're rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews, and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which you will suffer. Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. This is one church of whom Jesus has nothing negative to say. Yet, he says, they will suffer greatly. Their pastor would be martyred. This may be why Jesus would first reveal something about who he really is. To see him for who he is changes everything about our view of the greatest of life's difficulties. He says, I am the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Before we honestly consider what life is or will bring us, we must see him. We must see well beyond this world. I've seen so many people looking hopeless in Russia and in Mexico and even in this country. The woman on the street in Red Square. Or children rushing into restaurants to grab your leftovers when you get up to leave. Or thieves pickpocketing the crowds, pressing to get into St. Peter's Cathedral at the Vatican. It happens everywhere in this world. Yet in those same places, many of those discriminated against, those living in poverty and under cruel governments, I've found some of them to be the happiest people in the world, with great humility, joy, gratitude, and faith. Why? Jesus is the first and the last. I wondered the other day about God's eternal existence. I simply tried to ponder the concept of God outside of time with no beginning. 
He always was. Where did he come from, then? I am answered with silence as I ask. Was he once alone? There is no once upon a time with God, because there is no time. I can't comprehend existence without time, but Jesus, who is deity, who always existed, is the great I Am. He always was, and He is the first. Before the universe, the expanse of stars and planets all existed, He is. In the beginning, our beginning, He created all things, all powers, beginning forces, and principles, and things visible and invisible have been created by Him. How did He come to be? How is it that the greatest existent one is love and not evil, selfish, or unkind? But He is love and unselfish. He said, I am the first and the last. How is He the last? Any human explanation would be quite inadequate, I'm sure, but it does impact me. He is the last. No devil, no war, no cunning assault from within or from the far reaches of the stars will define the last. Any dimension of things is in His being. If time ceases to be, as it shall, He and all that are His and of Him will continue, for He is the last. Yet the Bible says in Job, if he were to cease connection with this world, all existence here would end. In the realm of God, which is his kingdom, sin and its consequences are only for a fleeting time. Our racial divides, riots, viruses, political revolutions, and poverty will cease. There is no suffering, no pain, no lie, no force that can bring defeat. In God. The Christians who supported our trips to Russia knew what it was like to worship God as He led them. Many would lose their jobs, their homes, and face government opposition, but they did so freely because they knew that their God was the beginning and the ending, and they knew Him intimately and were willing to take any chances necessary to live for Him and to tell others about Him. So he says to people like this, I know your works, your poverty, and your tribulation. Fear none of those things that you will suffer. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. He says, I know where you are, what will happen, and that in me you can overcome. You will not overcome by your intelligence, your science, your debates, laws, weapons, or medicine. All will be done in me, and I in you. I'm greater than your pain, more loving than your enemy's hatred, and in no way concerned about how to help you. It's already finished. Your victory in this life is not the resolution of every problem or every failure. Your victory is getting near to me. Your answer is this. Be faithful. You will see death. You'll see it around you, on the street, in the news, in your family, and in your own life. Be faithful. That is your success in life and your purpose. Your life, your battles, your questions about the people in the street are not about death itself in this world. 
It's the second death that you must avoid, and victory here is only in me. If you will live in me and be faithful where you are, then you will have attained victory for all time and eternity. After the last night of a crusade in a Russian school auditorium, I was taken by two men upstairs and down a dark hallway into a small room where I was questioned. It became clear that they wanted money. I began to wonder how I was going to get out of this, because I had very little money. They had seen our success. We had to have people stand at the front of the stage, pushing sometimes as hard as they could to keep the crowd coming for prayer from trampling one another. Wherever there is success, there will be someone to take advantage of it and at your expense. Though there is corruption and intimidation all around, God has said, Be strong and courageous, for I am with you to keep you wherever you go. I don't even remember how I got out of that room that night, but I do know this. God was in the room, and if we can just see more clearly who He really is, we can bring more peace into this world. Thank you.